It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Lori's got something to tell us about this. Nice. Why haven't you come up with a bouncing of the tennis ball yet for me? Oh, Julie, because <laughs> nothing beats the Flintstone bowling yeah, sound. I would, I would like to... Yeah, that's a good call. We can try to find some. I would rather do the... Yeah, huh. yeah, huh. yeah, we hate because no, that. that's a horrible sound. I know, but, so, but it identifies tennis. It, yeah, it does. That's so true. You know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. but uh, so last night was the last night of bowling, and four teams were rolling off for first place. Okay, usually it's like two teams, right? but that's how close the scores were. We were you were, guys one of them? No, hell no. We did. We 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 were playing what's called. The nine tap night, the fun oh, night. It's okay. when you bowl a nine and I it's a it. strike. Yep. Oh, lovely. Oh, that's fun. Okay, so you'd think, you know, you you'd bowl break. pretty well. Yeah. Like my friend Molly, the second game, bowled a 280, oh. but only two of her strikes weren't real. <gasps> wow. wow. So she had like a hell of a game. She's going to win money. Someone Good. bowled 300 last night on the no tap. Wow. A guy who bowled okay. a real 300 like three weeks ago. But anyway, uh, my first game, I bowled my average, 140. I thought, well, this, you know, okay, at least it made my average because, right. like, you're supposed to have, like, a high game. Mm-hmm. But I was bowling seven splits. I just, anyone who stood up next to me bowled a split. I mean, it was almost like, you know, I was you just like the, the, the bad dark, luck genie. The dark bowling Second cloud. game. Second game. I can't hit the broadside of a barn. Mm. I bowl a 103. Oh. Well, that's my territory. I don't even bowl my average, which means I only got one nine. Oh. And and then I m- m- didn't ever get anything. And then the last game, I, I think I pulled like a 188. I had a bunch of oh. nines. So, But it was fun, and it was a very tense roll-off. The difference between first place and second place was eight pins oh it was a total of 35 pins that separated one two three four oh and that's the big that those guys get a nice amount of money what kind of money does a team win oh first place they might get back you know uh 500 i was gonna say a few hundred bucks yeah yeah at least that they split between the four members and then there's individual prize money right and, um, you know, like I, I usually end up getting back like $35, but okay. we finished, you know, in the middle, we were not last this year. So maybe it'll be a whopping $40, you know, big yeah. times. But anyway, um, if people like it is a mixed league team and it's really fun. And if you want to bowl next fall, we are looking for teams on the Wednesday night, seven o'clock league mixed league you can call the Hopkins bowl. Okay. Tell them Lori and Julia sent you. There we go. So, yeah, we have, uh, yeah, it was really like, I mean, I'd never seen so many people watching because you get done finished with everyone sure, bowling sure, sure. nines. And it was so close. Stressful? Well, it was so close. I right. mean, I feel bad. Like, uh, 
I think uh, the the week before I left for Hawaii, I was bowling, and um, you know we lost one game by total pins by like two pins. So everybody's you know when it's that close, you're like if I just picked up a spare, sure. And it was just one extra little thing. One extra thing, but the the team that won first place, uh, the kid on the team, I'm, I know the I met the grandparents. He bowled seven strikes in a row right at the end. Wow! Wow! So he was on fire. He was on fire, and that you know helped the score. But a- anyway, so I'm we have our banquet in a couple of weeks, but I sure am going to miss the bowling talk. Oh, it's just gosh. always so Bummer. good and inappropriate. You're so funny. Well, we have timed it. Like, when you you play tennis, when do you gossip? Well, we do it. I I have one, my friend Lisa, I was listening. I'm like, come on. We have, come on. We need to play. Quit talking so much. Quit quit talking so much. So, you really, we talk before or after, but during it bugs me because you're on a roll. Let's just keep playing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you're on a time thing because you only have the court for so long. So, I'm just kind of like, uh-uh. Yeah, no, people at bowling do not like when people are lollygagging and not rolling when it's their turn. You know, yeah. be paying attention because otherwise... You know, it's, it's just, like it's etiquette. It's Absolutely. just etiquette. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely, it's just it's also when you're going up to throw too. You know, you got to pay attention to the people to your right and your left because you don't want to drop that right. roll. Something at the same about time. the ivory in the wood. Yes, when someone's sounds like a song. I know when someone else is on the wood aiming for the ivory, you got to stay back. Yep. So there's some so, saying. Oh, that's funny. All right, Grant, what is all the hullabaloo about the guy that was pitching? For the Dodgers that they pulled <sighs> in the seventh inning, pitching against the Twins. Twins, yeah. No hitter going. No, mm-hmm. Not even a no hitter, a perfect game, which what, is even more intense. What does that mean? That means 27 up and 27 down. There's no walks. No buns. No, bu- no fouls. No, oh, wow. You can get fouls. Oh, you, you can, can get buns. Okay. It's just there's no walks. It's, it, there's, you, it's just, I want to make it extra special. It's just, they just, it was a swing and a miss every No, but time. there is a big difference between a no hitter, which is very rare, and a right. perfect game. And he had a perfect game, I think, through seven innings and 13 strikes. Outs and they pulled him. The team pulled him because, and I understand why. To save his arm? Yes. It's early in the season. It yep. was a really short spring training. And to give a guy like that to make him to get that perfect game would have taken him probably 90 to 100 pitches. And at the way that baseball works now, you don't let a guy go that far this quickly to save his arm. Back right. in the day, Burt Blylevin would freak out because right. you, you know, you finished your games, but well, it's just a different type of ball. I will say this. I had a massage this morning, and my shoulder was quite sore from all the balls I had to throw last night because I bowled so bad. Oh, yes. I mean, you're a bad bowler. I bowled you like throw... 100 balls. I mean, I was yeah. just like, oh, that well, shoulder And hurts. you took off, you know, quite a bit of a break there, too. So. Yeah, bowling is muscle memory when you bowl <laughs> 10 miles an hour in the That's same true. average for 20 years. Right. But, I mean, I was just like... Oh, I know. Yeah, that they want to save that shoulder, don't mm-hmm. they? Absolutely. Shoulder, arm. So, yeah, I mean, a lot of people are upset about it. Who was upset? Uh, well... Fans, fans. Oh. It was a big thing trending this morning when I oh well, well checked out ESPN. Fans, you're not the coaches. Yeah, exactly. And it was broken up, I think, in the eighth inning by Gary Sanchez, our catcher. Anyway, so they were still going to go for like a combined bid, perfect game. Or did com- the Twins win? No, we lost yesterday. Right. Well, so. there you go. Then well, the everybody seven, should be happy. Seven innings on the of other not side, even getting to a base. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> thirteen straight up, thirteen up, and thirteen down. Wow. I, I like the near perfect game. My thing where it was just swinging a miss every time. What is that called? 
When no one makes contact with the ball and a pitcher it's can never well, if, if it's a strikeout, there's two different ways you do a strikeout. If you're swinging, it's a forward K. If you're standing and watching and no swinging, it's a backwards K. That's the only thing where it's strikeout difference that I can think of. Yeah, but if a pitcher, that's just never happened. That's where, never happened where you've just thrown three straight pitches. And no one can touch it. Yeah, okay. And nobody's oh, for like nine. That. That's I like never that happened. unicorn of baseball. Yeah, that is a unicorn right mm-hmm. there. All right, listen, we come back. It's our story we can't get enough of. Come on, if this, is, if this isn't the most iconic song, picturing Dirty Dancing 100%. right away. What won that year? I don't even know. I'll find out for you, I but it out. was not Diane Warren's The Time of My Life, and it just makes me just annoyed. <laughs> From Dirty Dancing. Okay, so tonight... Oh, no, and she didn't even write it. I love it. Okay, and this is like you're giving out glory. It's only because she's been nominated 18 times. I could have sworn she wrote who wrote uh, the, the time of my life. So ABC has been doing this. I don't know if it's been about every other month. It's called Superstar Series where they feature a different um, superstar. Superstar that's no longer living and do kind of a, a cool documentaries, short piece and interviews and collections of um, cuts from um, their previous acting uh, in songs or whatever they are, artist or singer. And it's called Superstar, and it's on tonight at 9 o'clock on ABC. And tonight they're featuring Patrick Swayze. And so here's just a little bit. And that song did win an Academy Award. Laura, you're so funny. <laughs> okay. I'm outraged that this didn't Liza Manilli and hysterical. Liza Manilli and Arthur, you know, what's his name? Yes. Uh, they presented that year. <laughs> that and that is... songwriter won. So I'm Good. so glad I don't need to be mad anymore because <laughs> Diane Warren didn't write it. And it did win an Oscar. You've been holding on to this for how long? Oh, years. For years. <laughs> years. Years. I got it in my head that uh, I never that Googled is... it. When Google is so available, although when I got this in my head, we didn't have Google. Did. <laughs> That's right. I, I absolutely. This has been going on since the beginning of the show. Well, I know. Like since 2002, I've been okay, mad no, about it. This is hysterical. Okay. <laughs> 20 years. <laughs> oh, this is awesome. Okay. okay. All right. So, Grant, let's hear a little bit about what they're saying about it. We only have so long on this planet. Why not see how far you can take it? The mere fact that we're sitting here today speaks to what he's continuing to give us. Patrick was this megastar. He was a beautiful specimen of manhood. He was all about living, and I yes. know that that's the way he wanted to go. Full of life. He had so much left that he could do. He had such a genuineness. Superstar Patrick Swayze. Tonight at 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Mm. And he died September 14th, 2009 at age 57 from pancreatic, pancreatic cancer. And at the time... 57 or 67? 57. 50, yeah. 57, 57 years old. And so here is, um, Grant, tell us about this next cut. So they're going to talk to a few people that were involved with Dirty Dancing and all of just how it all came together and just kind of like the atmosphere with him being a part of Dirty Dancing. Mm-hmm. It's just a little snippet of what you will see when they go through this tonight. They're going to go through a lot of his projects, one of them being Dirty Dancing. Patrick was a disciplined dancer. Jennifer was, of course, completely the opposite. Jennifer just did everything instinctually. I was terrified of doing a lift. Patrick would say, we got to practice the lift. And I'd say, no, I don't want to. And I just couldn't do it. It was so much like our characters in the movie. And he was, he couldn't even, he can't wrap his head around that kind of fear because he was completely fearless. You know, he had no physical fear at all. Patrick was a wild man, you know. 
I mean, he loved fast motorcycles. He loved danger. He sought out those dangerous elements. All I kept praying was just, please don't let him crash the motorcycle. Please let him live through the shoot. But then once he was on the set, it was like he was a different person. He was a total professional. There he is. But the other thing to say about Patrick, and it's important to say, is that he was sweet. When you needed something, he would give it to you. Women fell madly in love with him in that movie. Who wouldn't? Who wouldn't? He was handsome, he was strong, he was powerful, and he was so innately decent, even though he had rough edges. He was such a good soul. He was such, you know, which is what Patrick was. Mm. Oh, Patrick. I DVR okay. this because <laughs> GMA's been promoting it all week long. Oh, this man. looks amazing. Here's here's a couple like fun things that we never knew about him. We knew, you know, his mom was a dancer. He grew yes. up in the Houston. He met his wife at dance school. They married very young. Um, but right after the after that, fresh out of college, he toured for a year with Disney on Parade Ice Show as Prince Charming. He was an ice skater. Then he hurt his knee, and then he went to New York to start acting, and he took over the Grease role, uh, leading role of Danny Zuko, Zuko on Broadway's Grease after John Travolta had previously played him. Um, he was, um, after his film debut in 1979 in Campy, the roller rink melodrama. Have you seen this, Skate Town USA? I believe I did see that yeah. movie, yeah. He feared his career would take a turn to be a teen idol, and he was offered a multi-million dollar contract where he would have little control over the parts offered, but he decided not to take it, and he and Lisa opened a carpentry business called Nepotism because both of their brothers worked for it, and one of his first... So he didn't know anything about carpentry, but would study it, and their business was successful, but one of his first clients was actress Jacqueline Smith, who's part of the documentary tonight, and they were lifelong friends. Really? And um, then they're just talking about, you know, he also was um, in a movie titled The Comeback Kid with John Ritter, and he was on an episode of MASH before he earned... Uh, 1983's The Outsider Role, which mm-hmm. kind of led him to mm-hmm. other thing. But here's, remember the song, She's Like the Wind? Yes, he recorded that. Yes, he? Grant, you have it. Yeah. So this song he originally co-wrote um, with his writing partner, Stacy Wildlitz, and it was supposed to be featured in 1984's Grandview USA movie, which was a demolition derby comedy. Okay. Um, but they turned it down. Rightfully <laughs> so. so. So when... Um, they pass on it. Swayze was free to resurrect it for Dirty Dancing due to the f- film Dirty Dancing's low budget and lack of funds for music licensing. He suggested that, that they use it. Because it's and so song, it doesn't fit with any of the Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive health supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at Ollie.com. That's O L L Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. 
Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Does he love me? She's like the wind. Yeah, right. And, and he was able <laughs> to retain 100% of the publishing rights, which was extremely lucrative based on, remember that soundtrack was people, people bought it, and it did become a hit. Yes, it did, and it got mm-hmm. radio airplay. Yeah, it's got a hundred million views, over a hundred million views on uh, YouTube. Just Great. This, just, just that this song. one, just this one option of it. I'm sure there are many other ones that have more views. But wow, mm-hmm. yeah. And so after the success of Dirty Dancing, he had all these funny offers come in that he described as silly funny offers. Um, there were people who wanted me to do a cologne. They wanted to call it Patrick. I was often. A fortune to make exercise videos, posters, all kinds of stuff. <laughs> of Something like in the range of $10 million worth. Wow. And he said, it's insanity. I'm not going to do any of it. And so um, instead he chose to do the 1989's movie um, Bar Bouncer Epic Road. Roadhouse. Roadhouse. Roadhouse with Sam Elliott. Yes. That was uh, just did modestly at the box office, but is a camp cult classic. Absolutely. For sure. Mm-hmm. He was not the first choice to ghosts. play in Ghost. Yeah. Um, director. Was? No one really, okay. but they didn't like him because he was in, um, you know, he was in those knuckle dusting action movies, Roadhouse and Next of Kin back to back. Right. And Ghost they didn't was think next. He play this soft, sensitive yeah. person, but when it, he came and read for it, they're like, oh my gosh, he's the one. Molly. I saw. Molly. Yes. Um, it was surfing, not skydiving, that made point blank. Point Break, you know, the surfing. Keanu, to say no more, that's a good movie. He did 50 skydiving jumps to prepare. I'm surprised. I'm always surprised when they let a a star do that, but they must have They said you're done now. No, they said, though the insurance company did eventually say, please stop. Yeah. And he's like, surfing's way more dangerous than skydiving. And then the documentary that came out, I think last year... I am Patrick. Oh yeah, we watched that. Yes, was one of the top-rated documentaries in the year 2019, ever. Mm-hmm. So um, tonight's going to be good. He died way too young, yeah. 57 years old, and he filmed a great TV show called The Beast. Right when he was, was right when he was like the last year of his life. It was one season, and it was really pretty good. But that Dirty Dancing soundtrack, I mean, epic. Be my baby, oh. yeah. hey baby, love is strange. Mickey and Sylvia, you don't own me, stay. You don't own me. It's such a good, good soundtrack. Fantastic. Yeah, I just want to give this one, one thing. Never Roadhouse. Underestimate your opponent. Expect the unexpected. Two. Take it outside. Never start anything inside the bar unless it's absolutely necessary. And three, be nice. It's a lucky Thursday. It's time for a LoJ Book Club pick. And we are delighted Jessica Strasser is joining us. Her new book, which just came out a couple of weeks ago, called The Next Thing You Know, is amazing. But you might have read Almost Missed You, Not That I Could Tell. A million reasons why, but we know you now from your amazing book, The Next Thing You Know. So, Jessica, thanks for being with us. Oh, my gosh. Thank you so much for having me. Hello from Cincinnati. Hello from Cincinnati. Cincinnati. And you're also an editor-at-large at at Writer's Digest, and I know you talk to a lot of authors, so I hope hope we're going to do good. We've been having authors on our show for about 18 years, so I think we think we have a good book picker. 
Well, on behalf of authors everywhere, we appreciate you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> and, and now we have a reason to read your other books. I know. Discord, give the setup of your story, The Next Thing You Know. The Next Thing You Know is a story about kind of an unexpected uh, connection that forms between a woman who's working as an end-of-life doula and a kind of indie rock star. So the you know the first time I ever heard have you ever had you ever heard of an end of life doula before? No. Not until yeah. we read this book. We've heard of doulas <laughs> yes. before for childbirth, and in the end of your book, where you think Chris Bohalian says Diane Chamberlain and Sally Hepworth for their books about midwives, we had yes. all three of those books, books. and authors on. <laughs> I know. So, oh my gosh! Yeah. <laughs> so, but I've okay. never never heard of an end of life doula. Neither had I, and and it is, if anyone listening is wondering what that is, it is very much like a birth doula, but at the other end of life. So a holistic person who would come in and kind of see you through the transition, whatever you need, kind of fulfilling that gap between what your family can do and what the traditional medical system could do. And the first time I, I heard of that, I just thought, what a special, amazing person it would take to do that job. And then the more I learned about it, the more I just wanted to invent a reason why somebody might be drawn to that job. And a character was born. Yeah, two characters and, and then Mason, the indie rock star. And the book is, I, I don't know, there is such a um, sweet poignancy to the storytelling because in your book, as your characters who have this company called Parting the Way or Parting Your Way or I forget, what's the name of the company again? Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Parting Your Way. Parting Your Way. Um, you know, we don't, and maybe in other cultures they do, but certainly Americans, you know, we, we do not like talking about death. We do not like no. dealing with death. Right? We want to pretend it's never going to happen to us or anybody we know. And so I, I thought... There was a real sweet poignancy in how you tell the story about people and the inevitable that yes. happens to everybody at some point with, you know, someone in their lives and then eventually to them. So I like that that take or that angle of your storytelling. I really thank you. I really wanted to make sure that the story had a lot of uh, hopefulness to yes. it because I think the people who do that work, they do. And it is very taboo and misunderstood. It's kind of funny if you look around on the bookshelves, you know, we are not shy about reading books about like serial killers right. and predators of all sorts and all kinds of gruesome crimes. But if you say like end of life doula, people think, Ooh, that's heavy. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. You know, that is really just a very tame conversation. It is about a, a it, stage of life. No, um, Nova is a very interesting character. Um, and she's, you know, kind of newer to the, the doula. And I don't want to give anything away, but I, I love, she had been diagnosed with cancer and I, the attitude that she had about life, how it just switched after you get a diagnosis. Like, I so appreciated, I guess, Nova's, how she approached life and death. She just has this, you know, kind of freewheeling, free spirit. And she's really done this 180 in her own life, kind of baffling her mm -hmm. family and friends why she would want to do this work and become a risk taker when she just had this sort of close call of her own. But 
you know, she has this perspective of leaving, living every day to the fullest mm-hmm. that I really love. And I think she's used to clients coming to her kind of feeling bereft, like I'm out of time and I didn't get to do all the things I wanted to do with my life. And I think what draws her to Mason is he's so different from that. When he goes to her, he's like, no, he's been out living his life. He's been out playing music festivals. You know, he's pretty much married to his guitar. He's doing what he loves and he's, he's losing the ability to play his guitar physically. And it's having that taken from him that he doesn't know how to reconcile with and makes him her most challenging client. Yeah. Did you, Go oh, ahead. Go, go, I, I'm just thinking, did you almost die, you know, when someone's... Good choice of words, Julia. Right. <laughs> no pun intended. Um, Jessica, when, I mean, because just the comparison um, that um, we're talking with Jessica Strasser, if you're just joining us, the next thing you know is her latest book. When someone compared and made the connection that your book is like Me Before You, which was such a book, meets mm. A Star is Born... Mm. How did, much did you love yeah. that? It's a really tall order to follow. Yeah. So I think when my, yeah, when it, the book started being marketed that way, I thought, oh, I hope that's true. I hope so. I hope that's true. And then the early reviews started coming out and people were saying, yeah. yes, that's exactly right. right. This really is. It's pretty cool because yeah, so those are two yeah, big, pretty big compliments. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, uh, you know, and Jessica, I have to say that um, I, ironically, um, I started reading your book last weekend, and I was up visiting my dad, who basically has been given, you know, a t- terminal cancer diagnosis, and um, mm. and I'm and so I look. Sorry to hear that. Oh, thank you, thank you. But your book gave me the most optimistic feelings because um, first of all, I said to my dad, Oh, you'll never guess what book I'm reading about an end of life doula. And my dad is 80 and he's a Harley guy and acts much, much younger. And he just said, what the heck is that? And, but there's a line in the book (laughs) and my dad is really gung ho gustily planning you know he read me his obituary and he told me he's going to be buried in his motorcycle outfit and he's so pleased that he's taking care of everything and his wife isn't going to have to be stuck with any uh any mess and he's like kind of giddy about it and i'm thinking what in the heck my dad is so positive but you nova says to a client Explaining, maybe she's talking to Mason. She said, the patients who are not passive about their end of life experience fare the best. And that mm-hmm. just made me th- and like, that's my dad. And I, it was just like a reassuring and, you know, kind of a weird coincidence that no this all happening, you know? That's great. I mean, I think I listen to a lot of, I mean, I read a lot of information from doulas and I listened to this podcast called Ask a Death Doula, mm-hmm. where the, the host is a death doula and she has other death doulas on talking about this sort of thing. And I listened to one episode where they were talking about how their pet peeve is when doctors say, there's nothing more we can do for you because Mm -hmm. they're like, there's so much more we can do for you. And I really wanted that to be the attitude that Nova had in the book where clients come to her and she's like, what do you want to do? Yeah. The time you have left, you know, Mm -hmm. what do you want to do? Yeah. And, and it's, and it's so true. And for some people, especially like if you're older, you know, maybe you'd never thought about it and they are helping you with a will and doing all. And 
that acceptance with having that someone there to help you with that, you know, is it's, it's is a, a cool thing to know yeah. about. And I'm I'm sure I, there must be some end of life doulas in 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 our area in the metro area. We're going to Google it. <laughs> You'll find a directory. I bet there are some. Yeah. Well, your story, it really is just, it resonates, you know, it's human connection and love, and it's just told from a few different perspectives. And it just really is a, a, a really wonderful, wonderful book. Thank you so much. I really love stories where strangers connect and have some kind of, big impact on each other's lives mm-hmm. in a very short amount of time mm-hmm. and i thought it would be fun to write one well so, you did I it I, I mean I nova know. and mason and i'm already kind of just in the back of my mind casting you know the mini series <laughs> how great would that be yeah is your agent shopping it I'm. Uh, they're always shopping. They're always shopping. Yeah, I know. Oh, okay. I've had. I've actually had. There must be something cinematic about this one. I've had a lot of people ask about that. So I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. Oh, that'd be fun. I think so. Well, would... Jessica, we can't wait. Wait to read your other books. Um, and um, the next do, thing you know yeah, is this book. How do people get a hold of you? Like, if they wanted to have you, like, at a book club or just be in contact with you, what's the best way? Oh my gosh. Yeah. I phone into virtual book clubs all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm very active online. So you can find me at jessicastrauser.com. That's with a W okay. in the Strauser, not a U. Yes. And I'm on Facebook and Instagram at Jessica Strauser author. Okay. Okay. Wonderful. So Jessica, we have to ask you, what's the last great book that you read? Oh my gosh. I just read this memoir called Mother Trucker about a writer from Ohio who rode along with the only female trucker on the Alaskan ice road. Oh, Oh. wow. Was it really great? It was really fascinating. Yeah. The idea of, yeah, I love anything about fiction or nonfiction about strong women doing unexpected things. Mm -hmm. So, in that respect, highly recommend it. Okay, well, we highly recommend the next thing you know. Thank you so much for being with us and We'll have it posted. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you. And we'll talk to you for your next book, we promise. Hey, that would be awesome. Okay. Sounds good. All right, thanks, Jessica. We've got two copies to give away. Call Granite, 651-641-1071. We'll be right back. My gosh, I would like the Sun, the Daily Mail, the Mirror, and all those other British tabloids to eat their tea cloths right now. Right. Get their tea. Because Prince Harry and Meghan Markle are with the Queen and Prince Charles. They flew to London. They're all together. Oh, that's different from what they were saying. Oh, yeah. That Don't they, say anything bad about it. That they him. weren't coming, that they were going to snub. Because yeah. they're going to the Netherlands for the Invictus game. Yes. Of course, you know, we didn't. I didn't even bring it up, Julia, because I knew that they were just pulling these stories out of their noses, you know, that they wouldn't be there. And... Um, so yes, they are having. They had a reunion. They flew first class on a commercial flight out of L.A. with their security, you know, yep. in the two seats besides them mm-hmm. and behind them, and um, they're just going to have a low key visit in London and then leave Saturday afternoon for the Netherlands. I'm mm. so glad. Yeah. Yes. I'm so, so glad. Yes. So anyway, so they've been with, uh, they saw the Queen and Prince Charles and uh, she's been having health issues, her mobility. She's 95. She won't be attending Easter Sunday right. service at St. George's Chapel in Windsor Castle where she lives. 
And of course, Harry's been back. He came, went back last summer for the unveiling of the Princess Diana, Diana. monument, which yes. is not that pretty. But um, <laughs> he hasn't been back since, you know, the bombshell Oprah interview yes. and all of that. And um, anyway, the kids, of course, are not with them on this trip. They're staying with. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. Her mom back in Montecito okay. and the security de- detail. Too difficult to bring the kids for basically what's like going to be like a six day trip. And when you get the money and yeah, you know yeah, your yeah. mom is watching them and the, yeah. na- the uh, Megan is maybe the, it'll be a nice getaway for them too. Of course, yeah. well, they're the going to have hotels. They're going to have hotel sex. sex and yeah, <laughs> what's better than that? And they also did not feel safe bringing their children to the UK because they still have not gotten Buckingham Palace, which is the Queen and Prince Charles, yeah. to pay for the extra security, security yeah. mm-hmm. that they need. Um, Harry and Meghan can get by with their four, but their kids, sure. like, yeah. So, and they would, so that, but I, I think they wouldn't have brought the kids anyway. No, I think on a six day thing, that's a long flight for little ones. Oh, yeah. You know, um, especially the girl, she's not even a year yet. Little Lisbeth. Yeah. Little Beth. Little Beth. Little Beth. It is. Yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Okay. So she's just, you know, she's like, I bet her back hurts and, you know, everything else. Are, well, she's 90. She's 95. Five. So, I mean, I think uh, her family is just telling her, you know, Mom, Mom you don't need to make 500 uh, royal appearances. But she is a woman of faith. But she's Queen Elizabeth. She can have Easter service Right in her, her living room, right. And as someone who just went to Palm Sunday service last week with my dad, <laughs> that went on way too long. But the good thing was that... The reading of the palms, going yeah. around to the sacraments. Oh, oh, yeah, that was very long. And then they end with the old rugged cross. And both my uh, stepmom and I, my dad, of course, is just sleeping, uh, which is <laughs> the status quo. Uh, and we're just bawling <laughs> our eyes out. Because it's a sad story, everything that happens, and the kids, and then the old rugged cross. And then we wanted to cry anyway about my dad. And so it was a perfect opportunity, opportunity, you know. uh, Because he was sleeping too. Because he was sleeping and he wouldn't see that we were crying. So, yeah. yeah, And I was just thinking, oh, that old rugged cross, that song will get you to cry. If you know that one, both of my grandmothers had it at their funeral. My Aunt Karen just had it at her funeral. It must be the Lutheran song to go to. It must be. You know? Mm-hmm. Do, you, do you know it? I, and I, the old rugged cross. Oh, I mean, it's just really, really a 
I don't know. Every Lutheran funeral I've ever See, been See, I at. feel like on uh, Eagle's Wings was the yeah, go-to uh, to so, many funerals I go to. So glad my dad wants a honky-tonk man played at his funeral. <laughs> Unreal. <laughs> Unreal. So the next thing you know, we were just talking to the author, book, Jessica yeah. Strasser, mm-hmm. and... Um, you know, we gave away the books. Grant, who won our books? Yeah, Anna Weber and Linda from Linda, which was really cool. She's a hospice nurse, and she was really excited to get this oh. book because mm-hmm. she can relate so much to it. So congratulations to Anna in uh, Brooklyn and Linda out in Little Canada. Yeah, so and you know, you'll notice uh, if you're an avid obituary reader, which I am, um, you know, you can always tell um, when people really have been impressed with the care that, they, you know, either the... St. Joseph's, they named the hospice place and the carers there because um, it is like just such, um, it is, it is a time when you just need like the, you know, kindness, kindness and people who um, can guide you. Yeah, they're calming and they've had the experience and yeah, I I can't tell you how good that book was, Julia. Obviously, we're finding out I didn't read it. Yes, Um, but but I have have time. I didn't, I don't, I, yeah. You are. You can read so much quicker. Well, I knew I would have time. Yeah, I just last weekend. I'm just hanging out with my dad, but truly, I could not have been more surprised when I was like, "Oh, this is about an end of life doula," and here I am. You know, having my last spring probably with my dad. I mean, we don't know that. I mean, something miraculous could happen to the old zipper, but uh, the odds are not in his favor. So it was. it It was. Yeah. Oddly comforting, I feel like. Yeah, is because kind of my something. dad is just being so positive and embracing. I mean, he, he said, I'm already done being mad that I didn't get three more years to take all my trips. I've got trips on the book. Right. Uh, you know, that are all planned. But, uh, you know, he's like, I, you know, got this bladder cancer eight and a half years ago. Right. And has lived. Yeah. Oh, really yeah. has lived. I love you. Your dad is. Your dad's so great. Yeah, he He's does great. have a real big zest for life. He and does. I said to as my I said to my stepmom, I said, geez, uh, um, because my dad gave me this little little giraffe made out of like, I don't know, some kind of heavy like but it looks like a real giraffe, but it's like out of this steel. Okay. And it's really pretty. And he got it in Mexico. And I said, That was the greatest trip of my life going on this uh, Tanzanian safari with my dad. And she looked at me and she goes, it was his favorite trip, too. And I just looked at her. I said, Hakuna Matata. Mm-hmm. Nothing can compete with the animals in their world. That's what makes you that. You loved that trip. That's what oh, made yeah. that trip great is to be in the Serengeti. Yeah. And see. I mean, we saw. Everything. We saw leopard cubs playing. We saw cheetahs stalking. We saw hippopotamus. We saw lions. Uh, take I love down. it kind of that you got that special trip alone with alone, your dad. No yeah. one gets that, Lori. Because well, well, they usually bring, you know, the mom or the wife yeah, or whatever, yeah, the no, partner. She, yeah, no, I mean, that was really fortunate for you. Yeah, and and then we named our group, our Facebook group, uh, uh, Lions Potatoes because we were just, when we saw the lions getting it on and I just said, oh my God, look at the size of the potatoes on that lion. Um, which are the balls, Grant? Grant and, and her Facebook group is her group that went through the Serengeti. Oh. Yeah, we were sharing, so we yes. caught, but we were laughing. But honestly, Grant, they're like the size of a Springer Spaniel, a, a lion. The, the, they they have the smallest potatoes for being such a big, <laughs> big animal. animal. Yeah, and the way they did it, oh my, we, it was a group. But the, you can't compete with the animals. I mean, you can. There's always wonderful, it's like babies. Yeah, yeah, maybe. Yeah. 
It's just, you know, there's great scenery and there's fun adventures, but there was something so incredible. And then my dad made like a, you know, he's got a brother from another mother, you know, Alan from Brooklyn. You met a friend that he met on the trip. Oh, he's, they've gone to Sturgis together. He's come to Duluth. And they talk cool? every other day. That's really cool. Yeah. So, anywho. Well, the book is The Next Thing You Know by oh. Jessica Strasser. If people are looking for a good read. We've had two good books this week. Yes, we have. We're on a roll. We're on a roll. We're on a Gracie. We're turning people onto books, supporting local bookstores. What else can we do today? Just have fun for tomorrow.